This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Suze McLeod here with Pastor Michael. Pastor Michael, I want to know, what did you have for breakfast this morning? To the honest answer, this is terrible, but... Oh, yeah, tell the truth. I want to say Fruity Pebbles, but the answer is nothing. Okay. You know this is the new thing. Dr. Oz says breakfast is no more. Yeah. I, so I like food at all times, 24 seven. Shocker. I know. Right. I just broke 350 pounds. So that's, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't, but that'd be, be, that might be rude. Anyways. um, So honestly, I woke up, I, my seven 30 got canceled. So Mm -hmm. I, my morning just kind of shifted. And then I was recording a video this morning, but you know my, okay. So I'm still, I'm just super frustrated because I have so much like joy inside of me, but my eyes tell people I am sad. Yep. So my, my words and my tone, but like, like right now, if you saw me, you hear like, I don't know me energy, but if you looked at my eyes, you'd be like, he looks sad and tired. Right. So I don't, there's like a, I don't know if it's a mental problem or something. No, it's because you're thinking. I don't, I don't even know. So, so I took a shower this morning. And just trying to wake up my body, wake up my eyes. And, wake up your eyes. You know, no, seriously. Like I just let the water run over my face and it kind of brightens me up a little bit, but I couldn't get any, any brightness. And, and then I realized I was just in there too long and I had to go. So I ran out the door and I was like, oh, ah, so goodness. on the way over here, I called you saying, um, Hey, do you right. want some Starbucks? And then by whatever time this is, 1030 in the morning on a, yep. on a Tuesday, I had a bacon bites from Starbucks. So that was your, the extent of your breakfast this morning. Yeah. I don't know that I would call it breakfast. I would call it a pre-lunch snack. Yeah, I would yeah. say that's not breakfast. Breakfast anymore. is like a different category for me. So this would not be, yeah, that's a, yeah, no, oh, there breakfast. we go. So if okay. I'm grumpy, it's, that's why. That's okay. We'll get through it today. Stop yelling at Today's me. question doesn't have to do with <laughs> any of that. So actually, today, I love the question that we're going to answer this morning because. What did you eat for breakfast? Oh, I had eggs. Wow. And I had a bowl of life cereal. Whoa. And Hello. a cup of tea. Whoa. Yeah. I have it over the course of three hours, though. How did you get up? Well, seven. It's just, yeah, yeah over the course All of the All the early, like, 4 a.m. people are like, oh, I know. what a waste of her life. I know. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I did five yeah. loads of laundry but by you know then. We I did? got it put away. We were up to one in the morning, so boom. Oh, you weren't? Nope. Oh, wow. Okay. Nope. I'm pregnant, <laughs> so I get sleep now. Anyway, so today's question I really enjoy because on February 2nd, just on Monday, Sunday, you preached about... Where did the Bible come from? Yep. And then this coming Sunday, we're going to have Earl in the pulpit, and Earl's going to tell the story of the Bible. So this question, I just think it comes from such a humble place, and people want to know, what is the best way to start reading the Bible daily? Yeah, so I think there are rhythms that we need to be able to put into place. I want to start with Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, and uh, I just want to give our listeners some encouragement about the Word of God. So first Psalm, kicking off the uh, worship hymnal, if you will, for the people of Israel, and they are rooting their life and their worship in the Word of God. And so here's what they say. Blessed is the man and woman who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. So like there's a way of the world nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of scoffers. So like there's this, all of verse one is like, like there's the way of the world, the thoughts of the world, the Mm -hmm. ideas of the world, the patterns of the world, but the people of God um, verse two kind of brings in and says, there's a different way that we root ourselves Mm -hmm. and ground ourselves. Verse two says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Like if we just stopped here and said, um, is it God's heart and will for the people of God to be saturated in the word of God on a regular daily basis? 
literally from like you were to ask anybody from the people of God for thousands of years, they would say, absolutely. Yes. We're the people who meditate. We're the right. people who think. We're the people who mm-hmm. study. We're the people who, um, when we look at the values of this world, the decisions we're going to make, we don't look at the seat of scoffers. We don't look at the culture of the world. We actually root ourselves in God's word. But then he goes on and he says in verse three, the person who is in God's word, rooting their life in it, he's like a tree planted by streams of water. They yield its fruit in its seasons and its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. And I love this. This is the idea of flourishing. Mm-hmm. That what we talked about a couple of weeks ago in, in our sermon was the third Sunday of January um, about the body of Christ part two is that um, one of the primary ways that Jesus himself nourishes the church, like he says in Ephesians 5, mm. is through the word of God. Mm-hmm. So he has made the word of God accessible to us. Yes. And we are nourished spiritually through it. And then we spiritually thrive in the environment of the nourishment of God's word. Yeah. Can I just add to that? I think as people, even if some of some of our folks download the Dwell app, and I was in there the other day, and they have some of the section is like passages. Yep. And just listening to some of these passages read over you, Mm. there is something so nourishing about that and something so nourishing about reading the word of God out loud. I know in our community group, we sometimes during our, we have like a worship time at the beginning. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I love it. But some of the things we do is we just read verses that relate to one subject. So our leader will say, find verses about the word of God. That's what we did recently. Yep. And we all read a verse about the word of God and reading it out loud mm. is so nourishing. Mm. So I love the dwell app for that for that because you don't need a group of people, yep. but this is what the word of God does. Yeah. And, and the vast majority of people throughout history have been hearing the word of God mm. audibly. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if we have paper and we can read, we're the most literate generation yeah. in all human history. So there is, uh, it is incumbent upon us to actually mm-hmm. read the words. Mm-hmm. But there is a different part of our mind, our heart, and our soul that receiving the word of God read mm-hmm. over us, mm-hmm. like accesses. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, it's a difference between reading uh, lyrics to a song versus yes. hearing a song sung. It's just different categories. It taps into different emotional aspects of mm-hmm. your life. And so um, I'm a fan of whether or not you're studying or you're listening, do whatever mm-hmm. you can to make sure the word of God is having input into your life on a daily basis. Yes, Better one it. verse you meditate on than, than every day I have to study and read eight chapters. Oh, like, for sure. This is a great place to start. So what are yeah. some of the things that people can do to get started? All right, I'm going to give you four just next steps. Okay. Make it very practical. Number one, find something that works. Mm-hmm. So, Suze, mm-hmm. if you could only choose one way of receiving and getting the Word of God into your mind, mm-hmm. what would be the most effective, efficient way for you personally to do that? I have to see it in front of me mm-hmm. and have a pen. And it doesn't, I don't need lots of colors. I just have to have a pen that I can write yep. on it. So if I'm working with you, mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure we get a paper Bible. Yep. I'm going to make sure you have either a journal or a journal Bible. I have. Yep. And I'm going to I'm going to create probably a space for you mm-hmm. in your home, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you might yes, be one of those. I have like, all those oh, you things. Do. Look yes. at you, girl. Yep. Shoot. Yep. My Bible bin. Yep. My kids know not to touch it. And another kid recently was over and touched it. My son ran to me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Mom, so and so is in your bin. Aww. I was like, oh. My Bible bin. It's sacred. It's a sacred space. Yeah. Yeah. So for like, I am an audible learner. Mm -hmm. So there's actually two ways. If I am in a teaching rhythm, teaching is actually one of the best ways for me to get God's word in me. So yes, I believe that teaching one to two times a week 
is mm. for me life-giving. Mm. Uh, it, does, it doesn't matter where it is. I could be teaching kids. For me, the word of God, I'm going to internalize it the best I can before I give it away. Yep. So, but if I'm not in a season of teaching, um, then for me, what audible listening mm-hmm. has the most impact for me. Mm. And then what I need is different environments. So I'm the kind of person who can't work in just one environment, right? I've got four or five locations that I can go to. And then once or twice a month, I need to go to a brand new location because my brain just needs something, some different stimuli. I actually do better. I can hyper-focus on caffeine in a crowded environment. Wow. Isn't that weird? Yeah, this we couldn't be more different in how totally. we come at this. But this illustrates a point between yeah. like you and me, which mm-hmm. is uh, we cannot take our method. Yes. And transfer it to someone else Mm -hmm. as if there is a way. Mm -hmm. And the great thing is that whether it is an audio Bible or a written Bible or an iPhone Bible or an iPad Bible or whatever it is, or a paper Bible, like there are so many accessible like methods right now Mm -hmm. that never has there been less excuses for us to actually find an avenue that works. So here's often what happens though is. Um, you'll be mentored by somebody and they'll have a way and they'll they'll coach you in that way, but it doesn't work. It's like it actually feels like labor instead of like joy. And and you think it's gonna get better, but you just can't build the rhythm. And and so I just find that even the way that people do it, there's a lot of guilt around that. Ooh, um, yes. We were like, talking about that in community group. Sometimes in your family of origin, maybe your dad or your mom set aside a devotion time, and then the one time you miss it. If there's like this flurry of emotion surrounding that, we missed our we missed our time and like angst or any sort of negative emotion. Yeah, that's not my world growing up. Yeah. But all I'm saying <laughs> is that's common in people yeah. raised in the church. And what that does is it sets up this precedent for you missed it and now you failed. And there's and then it can become legalistic. Mm. But people that don't have that, they I don't think they have as much of the legalism feeling surrounding the check the box, read my Bible. Yeah, legalism was never my thing. And okay. it was not my family's thing yeah. and because my mom came to Christ in her 30s. My dad, I think, in his 40s. And so right. that whole idea of like legalism was just not – it was not helpful. So like my mom coming out of a Roman Catholic works-based background um, had to die to legalism to really understand the true gospel. Oh, wow. So I would say for me, like as I hear people talk about legalism and yeah. fundamentalist churches, I'm just like – why did you put up with it? Yeah. Because for me, that that is so foreign. But let's let's keep going. So you and me, we'll banter for days. I know. We could keep going on this. This is so, so fascinating. One, find yeah. a plan that – find a way. Find something that works for you. Find a right. time of day, a method. I'm an evening guy. Right. Um, you might be a morning guy. I'm like, a morning girl. girl. Yeah. Girl. Yep. Sorry. It's okay. Clarify. You'll remember soon enough. I know. It'll get there. <laughs> All right. Number two is make – a plan. Mm-hmm. Plans, if they're going to be successful, um, need to meet our Mac compatible standards. So mm. at Village Church, we're a PC uh, hating church. So all of our PC people right now are, are turning this off. No, but we have mm-hmm. a joke. It's called Mac compatible. Yep. So when we set goals or we have plans, we make sure they are M measurable. Mm-hmm. And number two is attainable, A. C is clear. Yes. And number four is compelling. Mm-hmm. So measurable, attainable, clear, compelling. This is how every goal is measured, or at least it should be. And then when we make a plan, I want to say, okay, how is it measured? Okay, uh, every day, right. I'm going to find one opportunity to intake God's word and think about it for minimally two minutes. Got it. Is it attainable? Well, in your current rhythm, that might not be attainable. So maybe your rhythm needs to change. Right. But is it an attainable plan? Okay. Is it clear? Like when you say it to somebody else, can they articulate back to you with clarity what the expectations 
right. are really going to be. And is it compelling? Is it something that works for you? Mm-hmm. Um, we have so much freedom to find a Mac-compatible plan Oh, my for goodness. Bible study. Everything is out there. Right. Yeah. If your plan is, I want to be more rooted in the Word of God, okay, yep. let's make that measurable. Yep. What does that even mean? Do we need to have a verse a week that you're going to memorize? Right. And then you're going to recite it to somebody, yep. which involves the next component of this. But yep. make a plan with a mentor. Make a plan That's... and make a plan that, like you said, it's measurable, attainable, clear, yep. and compelling. Yep. If you've never done it, you may not know what the metrics might be or could mm-hmm. be. And so find somebody who's done it before and say, yes. hey, what is a measurable, attainable, clear, compelling? And maybe ask three people, like yeah. you said, because that way you get an idea of, oh, well, Michael does it this way. Suze does it this way. Mm. I'm going to combine some ideas from both of them. Yep. It's funny because as you were saying that, I'm thinking there are some people that if you, if, if I went and said, hey, could you give me advice about making a Mac compatible, just plan in my yeah. life, that they would demand me to do their plan. Be oh, careful. Interesting. Don't, yeah. don't, if someone does that, listen, smile, say thank you, and then ignore them. Okay. Um, number three. So, number one, find something that works. Number yep. two, make a plan. Number yep. three, tell someone. Mm-hmm. There's power in communicating. So, th- this is why, by the way, one of the reasons why we do Vision Sunday. Yes. We tell the church what we're thinking. Mm-hmm. There's an immediate accountability to that. Mm-hmm. And there have been a few times when we've said something and then we haven't followed up. Uh, maybe we've even accomplished it, but we don't really say, like, celebrate, you know? Right, right. And people will actually come on a regular basis and say, hey, you said mm-hmm. this, but we haven't mm-hmm. heard anything. And I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. So there's accountability as soon as you say right. it. This is a great thing to do in community group or just oh, yeah. with a pal. Like totally. you don't need to tell six a other pal. people. <laughs> a pal. <laughs> I, I That's an part. elementary term. Yeah, yes. just find your pal or your find book your buddy. Pal. Your book you, buddy. You're yeah. clearly a teacher. Yeah. That's <laughs> kindergarten, right? Yeah, that was, yep, kindergarten, first grade. All right. Number four, just do it. Mm-hmm. You're going to make mistakes. Yep. You're going to fail. I don't think God wants your personal Bible, Bible study to be laden with guilt and um, yeah, all that other ugly condemnation stuff, shame. Okay, if you miss, get up. The blood of Christ covers you. Start over. Do it again. He just wants you. There's an old sermon uh, that is called My Heart Christ Home. Have you ever heard of it? No. Oh, it's old. You should look it up. And What's old to you? Oh, old like early 1900s. Okay, yeah. And what they did is they made it into a book. It's out of print, but it's such a beautiful story of Jesus coming into the heart and they have it modeled as a home. And in each room, they specifically talk about like Jesus' involvement in like the food and blessing the food and... But in the living room, he's waiting every day. Now, for me, that's super appealing because that's where I have my quiet time. You'd be like, well, go to Starbucks, Jesus. Well, he is at Starbucks for you. But the point of the story is the relationship is deeper and bigger and greater and just more fulfilling when you spend time in the Word. So you miss three days in your Mm. month. You still got more of Jesus this month and Mm. you attacked it. And so just let that be an encouragement to you. I'm excited next time, Pastor Michael, we're going to address the question. Actually, I want to hear from you mostly, but I have thoughts. Is there an inappropriate tone for pastors to use when they are preaching? 